Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Tales from the Trail podcast. I'm happy to bring back Mike Brizendine, the head men's soccer coach at Virginia Tech, and Chris Norris, the head coach at William Mary Men's Soccer. We're fortunate to be able to tap into their decades of experience recruiting student-athletes and their insights into how to manage the recruiting process. Please enjoy listening, and I hope that you find it informative and beneficial. Thank you to all for supporting this podcast. Please continue to share it, follow it, and send me your comments and questions. So just real briefly, like what should they do in the, in the days after leaving campus and what should they expect from you guys um, right after their visit? So we set up a plan when they leave. Um, we'll usually give them two or three days. It depends on who they are, where they're traveling to process um, all the information. And then we'll get on a Zoom or phone call um, and see what they think. And like Norse just said, like, are we still on the list or are they can't see themselves there? And that's really the conversation and answer any questions that may have come up. Right. Okay. You good? Yeah. I mean, it's similar. We, okay. we usually, I usually give them a week um, and then we, we follow up and make that, determination about what they thought of the visit and, and, uh, you know, where we go from there. Okay. Um, international kids. Um, what, why are they sometimes good for your programs? Um, how are they good for the universities? Um, what's, you know, your, your motivation uh, for looking outside of the U.S. for players and, um, yeah, I mean, just maybe uh, describe some of those scenarios and that sort of thing where you've found uh, players abroad from abroad. Uh, Norris, do you want to hit this? You want me to roll? Um, go ahead. I'll I'll piggyback off of you. Piggyback. Okay. So here's uh, how it works for us. Again, we start with Virginia. It's, it's very, very primary that we get the best Virginia kids, as many of the best Virginia kids as we can. Once we leave our state, it doesn't matter if we get a player from California or, you know, Kenya. It's essentially a lot of the same things. Um, obviously, it's a little bit um, easier on transcripts when you're getting a California kid, but, uh, you know, financially and, and the amount of times we can see them, um, are usually a little bit more similar. Um, I mean, we typically try to find, I mean, we'll usually know more about domestic kids than international kids. Um, but if, for whatever reason, we can't find what we're looking for. You know, we, we look in that market in the same way that we do um, the domestic kids. Um, you know, you ask the, the benefits. I mean, they bring something different, you know. Um, again, we do have a kid from Kenya. We have a kid from Brazil. They are in a very different – they were raised very different. They're 
their worlds were very different than a lot of my players. So I like that. I think that gives, it roots our team in a um, good perspective of what's happening in the world, not just our little bubble here. Um, maybe maturity, you can say that. Sometimes some of those kids are older. We have old, had older kids. Um, but really just the perspective, um, it's nice to have it. Um, it mixes us up a little bit. Um, and with the internet, it's gotten a lot easier. Um, you know, when I started here at Tech, some countries, it was like very rare that the kids were coming from there. Now it is like a norm, like again, Africa. Um, there weren't a ton of kids coming from there. Now, you know, people are making regular trips there. Um, so it's, it's really, it's changed a lot. The world's gotten a little smaller when it comes to that. Um, which gives everybody a lot of uh, access. I've seen, I don't know the numbers, but how many international players has flooded college sports, not just soccer uh, in general. I bet you the percentage is through the roof over the last, what, six years, seven years. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, uh, you know, the – it's it's funny we we have a lot of similarities in terms of our university so we're both public schools state schools from virginia um because of that it does make a lot of sense for us as briz mentioned to try to recruit in state as much as possible so the way that we do things or the way that we approach recruiting is very similar to what briz described in terms of having a, a great handle on who the best student athletes are from the state of virginia uh, trying to match those up with the needs of our program in a given recruiting year. And then if we can't meet those needs with all Virginia kids, then we start moving outside and looking at, at that larger pool. And at that point, it doesn't really matter where guys are coming from. There are some advantages to the internationals, like Rose mentioned, um, when you think that they can add something a little bit different to your group. And that's not necessarily just a soccer decision. A lot of times, like he he alluded to it can be just just bringing a different perspective on life for different different ideas culturally you know things that can help your you know in-state players to, to view the world a little bit differently and and can really make the group that much stronger you know by being a little bit more understanding a little bit more empathetic um, all those things so you know it, it the world is smaller these days I think um, the internationals have have figured out that this is a great opportunity as well at an age where in most countries, if you're not making it as a pro, you, you've got to make a choice. You either have to give up high level soccer to pursue higher education, or you've got to maybe, you know, knock around at lower leagues, making, you know, money that's not going to be life-changing money and isn't going to set you up for the rest of your future. Um, and at the same time, you're kind of maybe giving up some educational opportunities. So, you know, what we have here is a little bit unique. It's special in, in the world. And people are recognizing that all over the place and, and finding ways to put themselves in front of us. And so, you know, it, it's those things go hand in hand in terms of, you know, why there are maybe more internationals in college soccer. Every university is going to be maybe a little bit different in how they approach that or why they do those things. But, um, you know, we try to view it as a really positive thing. It's never going to be the foundation of what we do but uh, we think it can be a great supplement. Yep. Um, 
So let's, uh, let's get into some recruiting stories, some real tales uh, from out there. Um, what are, Riz, maybe you can you know, think of a, a time where you saw some pretty undesirable behavior from a kid um, or, you know, how they reacted to something on the field wrongly and, and or inappropriately um, that kind of turned you off. Um, I think these are always interesting to share because it puts plants the seed in the kid's mind that, you know, maybe they, they won't do that the next time they're on the field, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that they're obvious, the kind of behaviors. Um, actually, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll move it back one layer. I was down in North Carolina recruiting at a very popular tournament. I won't mention the name, but uh, the parents got wild. So if parents are listening and got into it with the other set of parents, so much so that law enforcement had to be called. (laughs) Um, Prior to that, I thought there were a couple of kids that I liked. I walked away from the field and wrote on there, you know, we'll never recruit from either of these teams um, (laughs) because there's no chance I want any of that craziness coming to our athletic program. Um, So there was one. um, And then, you know, I'm not a big fan. Um, We're very much believers in positive guys, energy, we want people to bring the energy. Um, we have this saying, if you're an energy vampire. So if I spot one of those on the field, it gets ixnade um, immediately. Because as you know, look, all three of us know, whether it's soccer or real life, hard times are uh, ahead of us. No one escapes hard times. You know, billionaires don't escape hard times. And so what, how do you react? What are you doing during those times? Um, And if you know someone has that tendency, it's not going to help, you know, because one or two of those kids can really, especially in our season, because we play so many games in such a short amount of time. If during a a, a bad spell, the ship, you know, starts going the wrong direction, you might not be able to recover. Um, So those are probably two, you know, so parents that make me nervous will ixnay and then, um, and then, energy vampires yeah i've got i mean no i mean i don't i think it's important that people recognize that uh you know those situations probably occur maybe not law enforcement being called the games and stuff but you know parents either over coaching or just saying things to referees or uh even like we'll hear comments about from if, if we sit on the sideline where the parents are, for example, we'll hear parents just slating the coaches over decisions, you know, not not in a way that anyone else can hear. But we're kind of close enough that we can hear them, you know, being hypercritical of coaching decisions and so forth. And um, the reality is that we find a way to figure out uh, which kids those parents belong to. And if they're kids that we think are talented enough soccer wise, it, it definitely gives us at least pause as to whether we want to recruit them or not. So 
I don't know if that helps parents change their spots or hide their crazy a little bit more. But uh, as we tell the kids all the time, someone is always watching. Like when it comes to recruiting, someone is always watching, whether that's a college coach from a school that you're interested in or just somebody that knows. Even a referee sometimes will give us feedback if we if they're watching games, you know, that we we know that they're they're at. They make, oh, yeah, that, I've refereed that guy several times. He's extremely difficult, you know, and uh, that could be a piece of information that um, gets kind of filed away for us on a particular kid. Right. Especially if those kids are in Virginia with yeah. North and I, I mean, it'll definitely be found out between the club coaches, you know, a bunch of our friends are club coaches and then we're out and about and people that we've worked with now for years and years, like there's no escaping if uh, you're a Virginia kid, if you're outside of that, you know, it depends on what pocket you're coming from of our connections, but yeah, we'll, we're, we'll know what's going on if you're in our state. Right. It's, it's a small group that you guys are in that, um, and you guys all talk to each other. So, yeah, mind your P's and Q's. Um, <laughs> on the flip side of that, like, what's been some exemplary behavior you guys have seen that has, like, maybe they maybe you're on the fence about a kid or maybe they weren't even on your radar and you saw something, you know, aside from play that, that made them stand out to you, that made you take interest? Has anything like that ever happened to you guys? Certainly. Um, again, positive energy, even during the down times, you know, um, which also show itself in a, you know, never quit mentality. Um, those are big uh, for me. Um, and someone who's just a general, you know, a good sport, you know, um, those are all, those are qualities I like. And those are the kind of people I want around me. So those grab my attention uh, pretty quickly. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people, not just in soccer, I think people in, in athletics, college athletics specifically will uh, complain at times that this generation of kids coming through now just doesn't produce or, the, or this time frame just doesn't produce a lot of, good leaders, you know, which I think is, is unfair um, in a lot of cases. But I mean, if we see someone who's a, an exemplary leader, for example, then that could be something that, that, uh, you know, pushes us over the top or makes us go, you know what, like this is somebody that has all of the intangibles that we're looking for. Um, we've got to really run the rule over them to see if, if the soccer pieces match up. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, we have a kid now that one of the big things that sticks out in my memory um, from recruiting him was seeing him at an event pull after the coach had gotten done talking to the team post game. This kid pulled the, the other players that were kind of in his group, like a, a defending group and, you know, just had like a an accountability conversation, I'll call it, with that group. And. You know, I thought like, wow, this kid is he he cares a lot about the team and the results of the team. He's willing to risk his social status to try to put the team first. And he has enough social credibility within the team where he has enough respect that these guys are listening intently and they're 
they're nodding and, and, you know, affirming things. Now, you know, we can't, we can't know for sure how they responded after the fact or what they said when they walked away. But, you know, I mean, he was, he was basically exhibiting a lot of behaviors that, you know, good leaders exhibit and, and need to have. And so for, for a kid who at the time was probably a 17 year old, uh, that, that stood out significantly for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, super important to know that for them, that they need to be even after the match that you might've been watching, right. That that was probably 10, 15 minutes after the actual whistle blew and you still were there observing, seeing how the kid handled everything. So, um, just hammering home the point that someone's always watching. So, um, I mean, he might've been doing it cause he knew you were watching. So it's total joke. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of those stories. I mean, I, this isn't really that long ago. I was at a game in Virginia and so it was a game I drove to, I was uh, leaving after the game in the parking lot and a kid was like, you know, whipping out of the parking lot. And it was a kid that I had seen. I thought it was a pretty good player. And he, I don't know if he just didn't see them or what, but anyway, he kind of like scared a family in the, in the parking lot. Cause he kind of came out of the spot quickly. And the father who, you know, was concerned for his family kind of gave the kid uh, like a stern look and, and a questioning look and like put his shoulders up and stuff. And the kid literally just flicked him off and kept going. And I was like, Hmm, all right, well, it's not really a guy that I want to have around. I'm going to call Briz and see if they'll take him. Yeah, so I was going to ask, did he have a Virginia Tech like, <laughs> frame? Yeah. He's coming this weekend for a visit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, how would you guys weigh that? Like, obviously, playing is is your your ability as a player is huge. But I mean, how do you, what do you? I don't know if you could put a percentage on it, but like, what attributes are important? You know, aside from playing, like how how much weight? I'll get to the question here in a sec. But what uh, what weight do you guys put on the attributes of bringing a positive? Um, you know, uh, characteristics to the team to, to up, you know, a team that a person that's going to lift your team up rather than, you know, at minimum, keep it baseline where it is at that point. Um, so I, I don't know if this is going to exactly answer your question, but it, again, with us and, and it's part of my recruiting spiel is, um, you know, watching you play, that'll get you in the door. That'll get you invited to campus for a visit. But then academics and what kind of person you are will determine how everything goes. Um, the academic one is pretty easy. You know, I'll look at some transcripts, and that's a pretty telling sign. Um, but that that piece is, is everything. Again, you can't have – and not that it's a perfect science and I get it right every time or Norris gets it right every time but we do our darndest to try to make sure we're getting that kind of player. Because again, imagine if you had 20 people and they all had good attitude and they were all good human beings, you know, you most people are going to have a pretty positive experience. 
right? right. Um, if that's half, what kind of experience are you going to have? You know, and environments you've been in, who usually has the louder voices, the complainers or the upbeat people? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked about your culture. Um, I'm curious, like, how you have evaluated kids um, to make sure. I know you, you've talked about this a little bit, but um, how have you over the years developed your strategy to evaluate kids to, you know, like you said, try your darndest to make sure that they're going to fit in uh, from that standpoint. Um, you know, what are, uh, what are the key characteristics um, and that sort of thing uh, in your mind that, you're getting close to having it as a science, but you know, it's an art and you knew what I'm saying. Like, yes, yeah. you've gotten good at it at this point. Yeah. So I, I think that that's a kind of a two, two phase question. The, the first one I'll say to you is we do as much homework as we can calling people, people that we trust um, to, and again, look, I'll, I'll say it on this. I've said it before on the, this, you know, like Norris is one of my go-to guys, especially for Virginia. Um, I don't know if there's someone that knows Virginia players better than Norris. So if there's someone like I'm really interested in, I ask him, like, what have you seen? Um, what do you think? What are your opinions? So I, I call on people that I trust. Um, and I have probably three of those in the state that if they give good recommendations, we're definitely going to move forward. And they know because they're similar to me um, what I'm talking about. It's not just the players, the kind of attitude and and what have they seen in games. Because maybe I've only watched them two or three times, but if I ask them, now I'm getting an opinion off of 12 games of someone that I trust. Um, and then we'll just – I mean, we try to call and find out as much as possible. Dig, 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 dig. And it gets tough if I don't know the, the people personally because – you know, a club coach, they want to promote their kids. You know, they want their kids going to awesome schools like William & Mary and Virginia Tech. So it's hard to, if you don't know them personally, to know what they're selling you. So I try to find some people that maybe don't have a direct stake in it. And then again, the, the visit is a huge one um, because they're with our kids and our guys know, like, again, what we're looking for. Um and so I, I usually get a good report off of that and, and then just trying to watch. I mean, that's where I think doing this for a while, you know, you pick up some wisdom and what you're looking for. Um, it, again, just the little things, you know, mom's, mom's talking and is there, a, is there a mark? Is there a look? Is there a, um, you know, or is, or is the young man talking for himself and he, or he never speaks? Or, you know, there's just all these little cues that we look for. And it's not just me, you know, in our visit, I'm sure it's the same with Norris. They meet, so all of our staff spends a decent amount of time with each player so they can have their own assessment and support staff. And I go around and I make sure that I get an opinion from everyone um, as to what they think. Uh, and if there's even one red flag, we really try to dissect that. 
um, to see if that's maybe just that person, just a day, what was the scenario? And then if two people think it, then we're really, again, it gives us pause a little bit. Right. Norris, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't uh, want to agree with everything that Briz says, but, um, you know, we have similar perspectives on things. It's probably why we're such good friends. But, um, you know, I think that we're looking for a lot of the same things. So, Briz, I guess he's never, like, uh, sandbagged you on a player and, uh, you know, misled you to keep you away from the player? Uh, actually, it's the opposite, Scott. Uh, <laughs> one of the best players, Danny Pereira, the number one draft pick I got because Norris. So I tell that openly in the public. Um, so, yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's being kind. Yeah, no, he, he set me down the path. Um, and actually, I'll tell you, I mean, we got time for a, a good story. Please, um, yeah. Better than me asking questions, you telling stories. Yeah. <laughs> this one, I, I always get a kick out of it. Um, so again, I was in, we were in Spain and, uh, the way those events work is they have, um, uh, they'll have two, usually like a game in the morning or a couple of games, then you get a long break, then they'll play in like another two games. Um, but it's very specific, you know, cause there's only 60 players or whatever, 50, it depends on what event you go to. I think there was maybe like 60, 65 players. So, like, a, like an ID camp setup? Or is it exactly. That, okay. Yeah, okay. that's exactly. Um, so we had been in Spain um, and watched all the games. And then that night we met up for dinner. And so the coach from FDU, um, Farley Dickinson, Norris and I, we were sitting there. And we're just talking about all kinds of things. And um, Norris is kind of the centerpiece of the connection. Um, like he knows the FDU coach well, and he knows me well. I know the FDU coach, but not great, you know, but plus, you know, we have a decent relationship. But anyways, I'm sitting there and I go, man, I just got an email from a kid who went to FDU. And so I bring it up, right? Do you remember this, Norris? Yeah, I mean, I know who you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's this guy named uh, Jacob Labowitz who, from that meeting, um, Norris was like, oh, I know the kid. We recruited him, and, and then we started the dialogue, and, and you know, Norris was like, you really should definitely follow up with him. And then we followed up with him, and then two years later, you know, he's our leading goal scorer. So um, it's just funny because had we not all been in that room – he was a Virginia kid and he had some things that we, we certainly would have followed up. But after that dinner, the next morning, cause it was whatever two in the morning back here, or no, I guess it was behind us. But anyways, the, the first chance I got, I full court pressed that boy like hard just because we all happened to be in that room eating dinner together. So that was pretty, another kudos from my man, Norris. You know, a number one draft pick and one of my leading goal scorers um, who crushed it professionally, by the way, Norse. I don't know if you knew that. No. Yeah, he was a golden boot guy last year and oh, just wow. doing well down in Greenville. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the last thing I wrote was uh, uh, 
you have any good Norris stories. So, uh, yeah, that's a bunch, you know, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I've been fortunate to, to be friends with him and him and, you know, my assistant, we all go way back. Um, actually my assistant and Norris probably more so than me, but, um, no, yeah, plenty of good ones. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, uh, hey, I would like to add one other thing. Please. For for those that are listening that are trying to figure out the process, because I know that similar to us, we have so many players that we're looking at, but these players are looking at so many schools. You know, if I I have three children of my own, and if they're ever fortunate enough to be in a situation where there is a a recruitment process, the way that I would do it, try to figure out what my I have daughters, what my daughter likes, you know, try to get an idea of you know, do you want to to be in the city? Do you want to be in the country? What the level is? And as a parent, try to discern what would maybe be the appropriate level. Then I think taking, and I know this, this takes time, it takes resources, but then going to visit those schools, um, even unofficially, go see them, try to spend some time because like Norris said, I, I am a believer that you get a gut feeling, even without seeing the coaches of what you feel or think about a place in an environment. And then another one, after that, if we could get it narrowed down to two or three, you know, everybody now is doing these ID camps. And I want to throw it out, like, these camps are like the big money makers for, for coaches, all right? Um, it really is, we are trying to find players. And it's a way for us to try to get all these kids who email us into one area where we can watch them all, because we can't do it in other ways. Um, that's why we try, you know, if you look at the cost, we try to keep the cost down so we can literally see you. And we invite all the Virginia coaches or for mine, I invite all the Virginia coaches or neighboring coaches. So every kid can get seen. But I think that that, that formula can put you in an unbelievable because if it checks all those boxes, then you play, we are certainly looking for those players that are there because that means they care enough. They like us enough that if it works out and they're good enough players, then we'll move forward with them. Um, now also it's important that all the listeners understand, like we're looking maybe for like one or two kids out of that whole camp that maybe right. can do it at that level. So the numbers might be low, but I think that that's a good formula in getting to that, especially if you're not playing with one of the top teams in the state or in the country. Um, if you're in that mid-range or a lower team, again, that's that's the best way, I think, to go through the process. That's, again, what I would do for one of my daughters uh, if we hit that stage. Right, okay. That's great advice. Um, yeah, I think, uh, and, and like you said, there's, you'll have multiple coaches, especially at your ID camp. That's, I think that's typically the case, isn't it, where most, most yep. ID camps will have multiple schools represented. And at different levels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Norris, you have anything else to add? No. I think it was uh, useful. I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys' time. We're coming up on an hour, and um, I think it's been – I, I learned a lot too. So I really get, appreciate you guys coming on. 
and uh, we will uh, see you next time. You guys awesome. have anything else to add or you good? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye, gang. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Trail. Again, thank you for your for supporting the podcast through your questions and comments, following and sharing it. I continue to find more interesting guests and want to make sure that any questions you have get answered right away. See you on the trail.